Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio, going to be with you for the next 30 minutes here. And we have a big one planned for you today. Always excited to talk boxing when we have Tim Bradley on the show. Former two-division world champion, current ESPN broadcaster. He was in the building for the past weekend that we saw one of the best fights of all time between Jose Cepeda and Ivan Baranchet. So we're going to get Tim's thoughts on that fight, uh, relive it all with him, talk about Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko. That fight is uh, coming right up here in October, and we'll talk about Tim's Hall of Fame uh, candidacy as well. A lot of things to get to in the world of boxing. There's a lot of ways that you can watch and listen to this show. You can check us out over on the Fubo Sports Network every single Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Listen to us over on Apple Podcasts and catch the show as well on YouTube at the CompuBox uh, a TV page. Tim Bradley's going to join us in, in just a little bit. There's some really good fights upcoming uh, this weekend. we got Emmanuel Neverette going up against Ruben Villa. That is over on uh, ESPN. That's Friday night. No boxing on Saturday. This is the first time in a very long time that there won't be any uh, major boxing in the U.S. on boxing. That's because on the weekend. That's because Sergey Lipinets' fight got moved to October 24th, and the uh, Leo Santa Cruz and Javante G- Davis pay-per-view is now on Halloween night, along with Inoue. That's on ESPN. A lot of things going uh, changing in the world of boxing. you got to keep it here to always get caught up on everything that's going on. Coming up next, we catch up with the Desert Storm, Tim Bradley. All right, it's time to bring in Tim Desert Storm Bradley, former two-division world champion, current ESPN broadcaster. And Tim, we've had a few days to towel off after Zepeda and Baranchic. You were ringside for an instant classic. A few days removed, your thoughts on what we witnessed. Man, that was one of the greatest fights that I've ever seen, D. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen a fight with that many knockdowns. Both guys, honestly, willing to put it all on the line. and. Um, you know, I just got to say, like, when you – I was in fight of the year 2013. I came in with a mindset that I was willing to just show everybody what I was made of inside, man. And you got to have that type of mentality going into a fight like that. And both guys came in there. Baranchik, he came in, like, hungry, blazing, like, I need to knock this guy out in order to get a shot at the title because he's already held the title, the IBF title, but he lost to – Taylor, and then Zapata, he fought for the championship twice, lost to Ramirez, and then I remember him losing over in England. Um, I forget who it was, it was against, but at 135 pounds. So both these guys coming in there with this mindset that, like, hey, I need to knock this, this guy out so that way I can get another shot at the title because yeah. they have to earn their right. They already fought the champions. That holds the two belts. Right. So... That's the reason why we had a fantastic fight, man. It's because of that, because of these guys' mentalities. I didn't expect that from Cepeda at all. I thought Cepeda was going to outbox him, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, dance circles around him. But Baranchik had a, a different idea. He came in with a great game plan. He attacked Cepeda. Cepeda had no clue of what to do. And he was almost forced to fight him. He yeah, was forced I agree. to fight him. It was wild. So... 
I mean, they say you know, that a, 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 a dangerous fighter is a hurt fighter. And I think that's yeah. why we got such great action because both guys were hurt. So therefore, you go into this, you, your, your game plan is thrown out the window. You brought up Cepeda and no one really knew him as a brawler. No one knew him as a guy that engages in a lot of wars. Baranchich, yes, because of his style when we saw that. But at that point, you know, he was hurt, Zepeda. Down, down twice Cepeda in the first never, round. Trust me, Cepeda never knew that he had this inside of him. He never knew. You know, Cepeda had very limited amateur experience. He's kind of like learning on the job, even though he's like almost a 10-year pro. Um, but he never knew that he had this deep down inside. But this just shows you that, like, when you have a dream and a goal in mind, man, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that, to accomplish that goal and yeah. dream, you know, and if you have bumps and bruises along the way, man, you're going to want it that much more. And Cepeda showed me a different side that night that I've never seen. I never thought that he had it in him. Um, and he showed the world, you know. Um, let's take nothing away from Baranchik. I mean, Baranchik... It wasn't an easy fight for Cepeda. Baranchik fought back. You know, he was able to to uh, produce some knockdowns as well. I mean, these guys were going back and forth. Five rounds, dude. Eight oh, knockdowns in five rounds. It was unreal. I almost lost my damn voice that night. <laughs> uh, I was high. I was so high, like, on life because I couldn't believe what I was watching. And then the next thing you know, like... I'm so down when I saw Baranchik yeah. on the floor, man. I mean, and I think um, that came through on TV. That's the one something I wanted to ask you, and that's why I'm really excited that you uh, joined us here on the show. Your commentary was really, really good in you. terms of, like, you have to bring it. Like, when you watch something like that, like, we've been so deprived as boxing fans. We've been getting some good fights. That's by far the fight of the year. That's the clubhouse leader. Yeah. I mean, nothing's going to top that, in my opinion. But as a broadcaster, you have to bring it. You have to show you the excitement. You're an excitable guy to begin with. But I think what fans really appreciated from you was how you went right into into fighter mode and being a guy that's been in the ring, being a guy that's been in wars with Provodnikov, 2013, yes. fight of the year. Giving us a different side of things of the side of Baranchich. Talking about when you said that you thought that you got out, you got out at the right time. I think that was very profound. And, and just, like, what leaving a piece of yourself in the ring. So take us through your emotions of calling this fight from the, the sheer madness that was there to quickly change. I thought there was a lot of raw emotion on your side. You know, it, I've, been, I've been in these guys' shoes. Um, like I said, like you just said, you just mentioned 2013. And I know that. After that Provodnikov fight, even though I was glorified and everybody was like, my gosh, like what heart, what determination, like I know what comes after that. Yeah. And this is the reason why when I saw Baranching land on the floor and, you know, he was wasn't responding. I mean, I, I could I wasn't close enough to see that he was speaking, actually speaking to the doctor. But, you know, I just saw the way he was laying there and I was just like, this guy is not going to be the same anymore. Um, no matter how we look at it, no matter how we, you know, uh, appreciate what he did, he's not going to be the same. Um, I believe personally, and this is just my personal opinion, that Baranchik's career is over. I personally believe that with all my heart because he doesn't have a whole lot of defense. He can punch, but he doesn't have a whole lot of defense. And now his brain is even softened up even more than when he came into the fight. So after my Pavodnikov fight, it was harder for me to absorb punches like I used to before that fight. It was very difficult for me. Jabs are starting to bother me. 
You know, I would get hit with a jab and I would get stung. I would spar literally. I would spar like a a a, a featherweight, okay? And they'll hit me cleanly, and I would feel it. I will be buzzed by the shot that they threw, and they're not really big punches. Both of these guys, both of these men are not going to be the same. Cepeda's not going to be the same. Right. You know, think about the impact that these guys were throwing in the, in the velocity that these guys were throwing at, man. Was fierce. Major. Well, it was fierce. I mean, these were death blows. This wasn't a boxing match. This was a war. It was like a this, street fight. That's what it was. It, it was, was exactly like boxing goes out fight. the window. Everything you're taught, you know, yeah. as, a, as a fighter coming up, it was all thrown out the window in that first round, and it was just like primal. It was all it was all pride, it was all guts, it was all it was just, you know, the dream, the dream of becoming a world champion took over. They forgot about defense. It was like, you know what, this guy's trying to take me out. I'm gonna take him out before he takes me out. And you know, it was it was a but that's the type of fight you get when these guys have their mind made up before they get there. You have to have your mind made up. You can't make your mind up right then and there. It won't work. It's before the fight, it's before you even walk into the arena it's before you even get yeah. it's before you even get on that plane and coming over it's wow. like you know what i'm willing to die for this tonight and that's the way i would i'm willing to die for this tonight man there's not, there's the not a lot of fighters like that anymore in your opinion right there there isn't you know but you wouldn't expect this from a guy like cepeda uh who's a boxer he's a slick boxer you wouldn't expect this now baranchi on the other hand is different he's more of a pressure fighter yeah this is his style of fighting he comes forward he's coming to knock you out period but for Cepeda, it was more like, my gosh, like, who is this guy? Like, is he <laughs> right. a slick boxer? Yeah, it's like, I, I wonder, like, I want to see this guy fight again because I've never seen this side of him. You know, he showed a different side of him. And hopefully, you know, he can move forward and, and continue to progress and get better and yeah. get back to his boxing because careers don't last long, you know, when you go through wars like this. Right. They don't last long. I mean, I appreciate the entertainment. My gosh, it's something <laughs> memorable that I will never forget until the day I die. I'm never going to forget this moment, man. Yeah. It was unfreaking real. <laughs> you were there, man. There were a lot of, there were it obviously no fans. Obviously no fans or a limited amount of people were in that, in that, uh, in that room. Uh, you're Dude, one of them. I was, stand, I was standing up commentating the fight. I was up on my Feet, like swinging like I can't believe what is going on what I'm witnessing because you just don't you just don't get these type of fights no man. you don't you, don't. you know I was sitting and there I'm honored. Was, right I'm sitting there with my dad you know working the fight for you know doing the copy box he's 30 years in the game and I was like dad where does that rank he said that's that's up there in like top three I said better than Hagler Hearns he said if you take the stakes out and you just do fighter a fighter b this had yeah. the most back and forth sustained action yep. he's ever seen. Throw on the fact that these guys are fighting for a title shot. This isn't like you know an eight rounder where, where guys are slugging each other. This isn't two journeymen. This is two guys that are fighting for the right to fight for yep. a title. I mean, it was just outstanding, outstanding stuff. And yes, I want to bring up you, you brought up the fact that you went from Provodnikov, then you went with to, to to Marquez. You know, we've seen wars like this. What was your thinking in in where you went after that Provodnikov fight when you decided to go against a guy like Marquez next? Well, after I had that type of performance, it was like, okay, now it's time to get back to the boxing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't continue to I can't continue to fight that way. I know the fans appreciate it, and everybody was entertained. 
but I didn't appreciate it. I mean, after that night, I remember, uh, you know, uh, my speech was slurred for about a couple of months. I, I pissed blood after that fight. Like, you know, everything that was wrong with me. But I was able to get help. I was able to seek out and get help. So I went to go see a, neur a neurologist. You know, I was doing, uh, you know, uh, taking different vi uh, uh, different uh, vitamins, minerals, doing different drills, getting different massages on my neck, getting CAT scans, all kind of stuff. I did. I mean, I even went to Pittsburgh after that fight, Provodnikov fight, Pittsburgh, to cut to, to the concussion specialist wow. uh, center out there. It's huge. And they did testing. It was free, free of charge. They did testing. They just want the research mm -hmm. to find out where I was at. Now, when I got done with that, they told me that they basically told me my career was over then. <laughs> but I said, I can't be done just yet. Like, I still have to fulfill what I need to fulfill. But then going into the Marquez fight, to answer your question, I just felt that, like, now it's time to get back to my boxing. I focused a lot more in the gym. Uh, I just re-geared everything and just just changed everything about this, the, the whole dynamic of my training camp and just really got back to my fundamentals uh moving boxing and not taking punches at all even during training don't wow. take shots unnecessary punches so what would you what would you recommend zapata do next zapata should really uh i'm glad that zapata went to the hospital i think it should be mandatory when you have fights fights like this where you know both guys have been down you got to think about concussion if you go down i mean it, there's no doubt in my mind you have a concussion, okay? It happens to football players all day, every day. They're on the field. They get rocked. They go to the sideline. They go get checked out. They come out. You have a concussion. You get to sit out. So I think that every fighter that goes through or gets knocked down, it should be uh, precautionary for them to go get checked out. Yeah. It should be automatic. They should automatically go. So if I was in Cepeda, if I was Cepeda, honestly, I would reach out to myself because I have knowledge about this. I've been there. And I would see what I did to basically better myself, to get myself back to where I possibly once was. You'll never get back what you got, but you can still do things outside the ring to better this, to better this. This is what you got to strengthen, all right? This, Yeah. all right? So that's what I would do. I, I, I would definitely, and then also go back to the boxing. He got to go back to boxing, go back and look at all the mistakes he made, Swinging all wild, stepping back with his hands down. I mean, he did. He made a lot of mistakes in the fight, but he came out victorious. So, so obviously he has a a title shot now. But 140, we have a unification coming up between Josh Taylor mm -hmm. and Jose Ramirez. Zapata, I don't know if he can sit around and wait. Maybe actually that's probably the best thing for him. And blessing in disguise is he can wait to see how that one plays out. I mean, it's also 2020. We don't know what's going on when you can get back. Take his time. Right. People are saying Zepeda. a rematch with Baranchich. I mean, as a boxing fan, you'd love to see it, but as you're explaining, there is a human side to this as well. Listen, listen, a rematch with Baranchi could be even worse the, the, the next time around. I, honestly, it will be even worse. And and I don't think it's going to be worse for the Cepeda's, from Cepeda's standpoint, it's going to be worse for Baranchi's. But Baranchi's now no longer, to me, has a chance. Yeah. I mean, he went down twice against Taylor, got hurt. I've seen him hurt in previous fights. Um, this right here, no defense. Uh I mean, he's going to get rocked every time he gets in the ring and gets in the ring with a puncher. He's going to get rocked. So um, I wouldn't advise Cepeda to do a rematch. I would advise Cepeda to rest. Yeah. Rest, rest, rest. We say rest our body. Yes, rest your body. You know, we've been training and all this stuff. I get that. 
but now it's time to rest your brain. You know, you've been through war. You got knocked down. Rest this. Give it some time to heal up. It just doesn't heal up within a month's time. No, it takes time to heal up. And so take the proper necessary rest so that way you can come back even stronger. Moving on to a, another big fight that's upcoming. You're going to be in attendance for this one. Uh, it's going to be Teofimo Lopez and Vasil Lomachenko, October yeah. 17th. This is a big one. I want to ask you, what does each fighter, if each fighter is off their game, you know, each, if someone, if, if Lomachenko doesn't do this, he will lose the fight. Well, Lomachenko, I think he needs to box. Of course. If Lomachenko stands directly in front of this young man, I think he can get possibly get caught. I think the side-to-side -side movement, the in-and-out, changing the ranges, I think that's going to frustrate Lopez. He must do that. And I know Lomachenko. He's a smart, he's a very, very intelligent fighter. So he will be very cautious in the beginning because of the heavy hands of Lopez. He will go in and out. He will change distances to see where Lopez is weak at. He's going to be able to recognize right away where Lopez is weak just with his movement. Lopez is typically, normally, typically in front of you, you know, wide stance. He's typically normally want to sit down on his punches, so he's flat on the ground. He doesn't move a whole hell of a lot. So I expect Lopez to be directly in front of him. Now, a lot of, a lot of people are, you can hear Lopez saying, oh, pressure him, pressure him. He doesn't know how to fight backing up. That's a possibility. I haven't seen anybody be able to back up Lomachenko, but where I have seen guys that had a lot of success against Lomachenko was when they kept him out at distance. When you keep him out at distance, when you don't allow him to get in the range. Yeah. So Pedraza did a little bit of that, made it really difficult for Loma. You know, yeah, uh, but Pedraza's uh, long, Leonardo. though. Tiafimo's not long, and Tiafimo isn't really in a... He's not but a volume puncher. He's not a volume puncher at all, but he can still keep the fight long with his feet yeah. and, and with his jab, you know keeping him out there with his jab and his stick and making him really think out at distance because Lomachenko has very short arms, man. He's I think it's like 65 inches or something like that, wingspan or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but Lopez has a 69, almost 70, 70 69 and a half inch. So, wow. you know, it's a big gap right there, man. That's like almost five inches of reach to where Lopez can keep him outside. And if he can use his feet, make him fall short every time, then he can be able to frustrate Lomachenko. Lomachenko must be close. Understand that. He likes to be close in the inside. Mid-range. He's yeah. a mid-range assassin. Great if body he puncher. Get -range, he's an excellent body puncher. Man, the, the, the coldest part about his body punches is he lands in the same place yep. over and over and over and over. It's not like one ear, not one. It's just boom, right there in the middle. Boom. He'll keep hitting the same spot until he eventually breaks you down. Such so an intriguing fight. Such an intriguing fight. Is very important. It is. It is. But the movement is very important for Loma. And for Lopez, it's going to be all about timing. Because timing can beat speed. We know this. It's going to be all about timing, dictating pace, and the distance. Keeping that distance. And don't allow Lomachenko to get in close. Yeah. I expect a high-tech type of fight. I don't expect an all-out all brawl. You know, I don't. I expect a, a, a high pace, like a high chess match type of fight in the beginning. And then if it goes to the second half, then I think uh, there's a possibility that we will see Lomachenko uh, prevail like he always does. He figures it out. That's going to be unbelievable. You're going to be in attendance for that one as well. Tim, what would it mean to you to get into the Hall of Fame? You're on the ballot once again. It's uh, Fans love to discuss this. Getting into the Hall of Fame, what would it mean to you? 
Um, you know, that's everything. That's every fighter's dream. That, I mean, that was a goal from the get-go, from the start. Um, not only to be a champion, so like you set goals along the way. So it was like, okay, from the amateurs, be a junior Olympic champion, you know, win the nationals, you know, become an Olympian, and then win a world champ or championship or title. And then once you win the world title, then it's like, okay, the next goal is, is to become a Hall of Fame fighter. That would mean everything to me to have my name embedded in the Hall in the Hall of Fame, man, because that right there will be a contribute to my life and the dedication that I put in the sport of boxing. You know, and it'd be from here, from years on. And, you know, even when I go away, I'll still, my name will still be placed in the Hall of Fame. So it's a huge accomplishment. Um, there's a lot of great names on that ballot. I looked at the ballot. I was like, what would I choose? I said, what would I choose? Yeah, what, what, what is your ballot? Um, you know what? I, I was thinking, you know, it, it got to be the top guys. Um, you know, you got a guy, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, you, he's undeniable. You have another guy, um, you know, Miguel Cotto. Uh, that's undeniable. I feel, you know, he's the first, um, uh, Puerto Rican to win, I believe it's four world championships, uh, four world titles in four different weight classes. And then you got a guy, my colleague, you got Andre Ward who, you know, retired undefeated Olympic gold medalist. I mean, he's another great name on there. I mean, but we have some legends also that haven't got in there. James Tony, he hasn't got in there yet. Um, so there's a lot of guys and a lot of hard picks out there for uh you know the journalists out there <laughs> to to pick or uh yeah. you know have a big decision to make but i think eventually i will get in there eventually yeah I agree. um i think eventually i will man I, I i paid my dues uh i fought the best of my era uh i feel and uh it's just a matter of time man yep. just gotta be the right lineup hey if i had a vote i'd vote for you Hey, I appreciate that. You know, I really do appreciate that. Man. And I would Thank also, my, my dad's on the ballot, so I'd also vote for him. So maybe we can both be up there in Canastota. Yeah. Oh, Canastota. Yeah, I, man, I still haven't, I still haven't went. I actually I went for the first time went. two years ago. It's uh, interesting. Really? It's very interesting. It's very, it's out of nowhere. It's a very small town. Uh, they live and breathe boxing. It's cool. It's like uh, if you're a boxing purist or a boxing lover, that's the town to be in. It's, I mean, right. it's cool. Well, um... Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to go visit some time. I'm going to have to go up there, man, um, this week, getting ready to head out. We're going to go to Vegas. We got another great fight, and I think this fight's going to be explosive as well. It's Navarrete versus Villa, yep. uh, Ruben Villa. Um, this is going to be an exciting fight, man. Um, I think stylistically, of course, is the boxer versus the slugger, Navarrete being the, being the slugger. He can also box a little bit. We don't give him a lot of credit on his boxing. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a little bit slower. You got, you know, uh, Via, who's a, you know, quick twitch type of guy. Great reflexes, great counterpuncher, uh, slick southpaw. Both of these guys, honestly, hasn't faced anybody like each other. Yeah. You know, Via's never fought anybody like Navarrete. Navarrete's never fought anybody. A slick boxer, a technically sound fighter. And I've always said that a technically sound fighter can beat Navarrete. Now, the only thing that I see that could be a big problem in this fight is for Bia is he's not a big puncher. So how are you going to get the respect of Navarrete to come forward, Mexican fighter, that's going to bring the intensity that can hit hard with both hands? And if he can, if he can disrupt the timing, I believe, of Navarrete, then, then the punching power won't matter. You know, once this guy, Navarrete, gets going and he gets into a rhythm, you can forget about it. You can forget about it. He gets in the rhythm. He gets going. He starts putting pieces together, bro. He breaks you down, and he gets you up out of there. If he doesn't allow him to get in his rhythm and just keep him off his rhythm all night, Via can win this fight. 
without question. He can win this fight. But it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see this young man see what he can do in 12 rounds against top, top, uh, tough competition. Tim I know Bradley. when I've read that do it. Tim Bradley, really appreciate you coming on. You're really coming into your own as a broadcaster. Fans, Thank you. The fans at home Thank appreciate, I, I just know, I, I checked Twitter. They can, they appreciate the candidness. They appreciate everything you're bringing. Keep doing your thing, man, and uh, safe travels to Vegas, and we'll catch up with you soon here. All right, dude, for sure. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Always love catching up with Tim Bradley. He is one of the best guests that we have here on Inside Boxing Live. Now, I always like to end the show with something positive, but there's something that happened this past week that just grinds my gears. So I'm giving out the first ever zero of the week, and it's going to Avery Sparrow. He was supposed to fight Joseph Adorno on this upcoming ESPN card. This is the second time that he has squandered a massive opportunity. What the name sounds familiar, he was supposed to fight Ryan Garcia last year on the zone in California. Made the trip out there, but got arrested outside of a target because he had outstanding warrants. Now he gets a second chance, or a third chance, because he fought earlier in the bubble. Gets a second chance to fight Joseph Adorno. What does he do? He tells Top Rank that he's not making the trip out to Las Vegas. There are so many fighters out there right now in, during this pandemic that would do anything to have a chance to fight on ESPN to get that payday. And Avery Sparrow just said, you know what? I'm going to squander it again. Before we say goodbye, I want to let you know that one of our sponsors, Jack Doyle Restaurant and Bar, located right in the heart of Manhattan, right steps away from Madison Square Garden. They are open again. They are taking uh, customers at 25% capacity. you got to head out to Jack Doyle's, catch a game, have some great food, watch some boxing, get back to normal, and go to Jack Doyle's. They've been a great partner of ours, so go out and support them over at Jack Doyle's right there at 240 West 35th Street. That's a wrap for this show. Next week... Big one, Vasil Lomachenko, Tiafima Lopez, the preview show. I'm going to give you everything you need to know for that big upcoming matchup. We'll see you next week.